And welcome back to Restless. Matt, you're about to say something. I was going to say, I welcome back to Restless. I'm sorry, that's my line. Anyway, <laughs> Matt, I think, secretly wants to be me, but that's okay. So do most people. It's not a secret. <laughs> it's not a secret. You've joined Matt, as you can tell, Lauren, as you can also tell, because there's only one girl that laughs like that, and Paul, who has been silent this mysteriously this entire time. Yeah. <laughs> he nodded. I thought you were just going to nod. Okay. I thought you were just going to nod. Can't help myself. Can't help myself. Anyway, thank you for joining us uh, again. You know, last week we kind of examined uh, some of the current events that were going on in the world, very specifically the, the war in Ukraine and how that's impacting us and how we as Christians should respond to that. But we want to take even a further step back and look at some current events. Because, um, you know, we th- we're thinking about this weekend, really, it was like the two-year anniversary of COVID. It's kind of a sad anniversary, I suppose, of the lockdowns. lockdowns. I remember, I keep a, a daily journal, and I remember writing, this COVID insanity is just sweeping the, the world. Little did I know that it was not going to yeah. be, you know, a day or a week or a month, but two years on, we're still thinking about it, still talking about it. I mean, what's what's been your thoughts now two years in? Well, one thing to note is we're only finally lifting mask mandates. Well, again, some places, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. which is crazy to me. And you know, finally, finally, in schools, like poor children, mm-hmm. right, who really have mm-hmm. been the least vulnerable this entire time and have suffered the most. I mean, who you know what's interesting that? though? I'm gonna I'm gonna be a conspiracy theorist right here. Hmm. I was doing some research on March second, 2022. There were 1,000 more COVID deaths, deaths than there were on March 2nd, 2021. So we have, we're actually in a worse shape now, but there's less restrictions, perhaps because the world is distracted with other things. How much of that was social media Where, fueled? Do you right. mean like within the nation? Within the nation, yeah. That was Johns Hopkins statistic, yeah. But COVID cases are way down. Not and really. Yes, and therapeutics have gone way up. Yeah, that's true. Therapeutics have gone way up, but there still were more deaths that one particular day. I don't know. It kind of goes up and down, but... Right. You did say you were going to be a conspiracy theorist. That was my conspiracy. <laughs> well, the, my conspiracy was that a lot of it's fueled by social media and by... I mean, oh, well, I, mean I, I don't even think that's true, a conspiracy. Yeah. I think yeah, that no, we just all true. acknowledge that and accept it. No, okay, how about um, uh, upcoming elections and people who are in political positions are finally responding to the public who are done yeah. With all this stuff. That's so true, now true. they're all lifting it right around when Biden gave his State of the Union address. Is that coincidence? No. Right. I don't know. Yeah, we can go down a rabbit hole of politics, man. <laughs> politics. It's very it's political. Yeah. No, I mean, I mean, isn't, yeah, not paying attention. But, you know, Paul, you said something interesting over break that, that you say a lot of the stuff that has been going on the last couple of years, because we have this, we have the BLM movement, we've got the war and yeah. everything. I mean, do inflation, you think, we mentioned. Inf- yeah. Inflation, yeah, which is coming in hard and fast with oh, gas yeah. prices and everything. I mean, some of it's got to be connected. I think a lot of it is. So maybe just taking each thing in turn. So I think that when you think about, I mean, obviously the George Floyd tragedy happened and there was an outrage for it, but I think a lot of the the outrage, the continued outrage and the protests and the the burning of cities and the looting, which I'm not sure how that particularly is in support of George Floyd. That's another topic. But a lot of it was because people weren't working. They were at home. They had nothing to do. Um, and so you had people, you had college students, you had people that work jobs that are either working at home or not working. And they were on the streets protesting for days, for weeks, for months, as it turns out. So I think that's what it is. I think the election was influenced by COVID. I think that the pol- the politics that happened all throughout the course of it was all influenced by COVID. And then you talk about inflation, which is hitting a lot of people really hard right now. 
Fortunately, inflation gets the lowest tiers of the economic spectrum the most. It hits them the most. Um, and gas prices are just, we've never, like in our lifetimes, we've never had a, a situation where we've had high gas prices and high inflation in every other part of the economy. Hmm. Um, in the past, we've had high gas prices and 2% inflation otherwise, right? Um, and I think that's because you had this situation where people went from, People are either soothing themselves, um, which we can go back to the theological aspect of this. They're soothing themselves by buying stuff, right? And so you're, you're forcing up demand for physical goods, which is creating inflation. So there's that. There's people that were not working and that were being subsidized not to work. And that creates inflation because there's less workers for the amount of jobs that there are and so on and so forth. And then all of a sudden you have an inflationary environment plus geopolitical tensions, which fuels the inflationary environment. Um, and and that's where that's where we are. And I think you know we discussed Russia and Ukraine last week, but a lot of the buildup was happening amidst the uh, the every every day of the news for two years was on COVID, and you see that okay, well people are ignoring Russia right now, and what a great time to start building up our military and strategizing when no one's paying attention. Hmm. So, you know, just hitting a little closer to home as young adults here in Stanford. And Stanford, of course, is one of the most expensive places to live, um, certainly on the East Coast. My goodness. I mean, and so like how I mean, how does inflation, how does it impact you? And how can it as a Christian, does that, you know, should we respond to things like that? Should we buy less? Should we, you know, I don't know. Yeah, I think that um, because no one else is talking, so I'll continue. Um, <laughs> how is it affecting me? Well, actually, I bought a home um, about, uh, what, seven months ago now, eight months ago. Um, and so I kind of locked in my living expenses a bit at a very high level, but it's still locked in. So if there is continued inflation for a couple of years, I'll be protected a bit, I guess you could say. So that might be a great blessing in disguise. It could be, but it, you know, it costs like 100000 more than it would have the prior year. But that's Oof. the way it goes. Um <laughs> Uh, that's inflation. Um, yep. <laughs> so, uh, so that's, that's, that's that. But, um, and I think obviously food prices and gas prices, I'm going out to eat way less now. It's just absurdly expensive to go out to eat. Yeah, it is. Um, everything from like McDonald's. I got a, I was, I think I was saying another time I did a bacon, egg and cheese and a coffee at McDonald's. And that was like $7 and 50 cents. Right. And Whoa. I was like, you know what? I'm not doing this anymore. You know, I'm going to have a protein bar. <laughs> um, on my way up to ski. Well, I'm going to have my $15 protein bar. No. Because <laughs> no, you shop at Whole Foods. That's your no, problem. I I shop, yeah, he Costco. said no, Costco. <laughs> I'm an exclusive Costco shopper almost. Well, um, in any case, it's really full. a dream of mine. So, to get so a how, do we, how do we address it? I think that we have to be um, more generous. We have to be more sacrificial. Um, because like I said, the lowest rungs of the economic spectrum are getting hit the hardest. And I think detached from material goods. I mean, that's been a big part of our American dream, right? Is, you know, get the biggest house, the biggest car and everything, you know, all the bells and whistles. And now that it's becoming out of reach for many people, maybe we need to readjust our dream and realize, hey, you know what? I was too attached to this stuff. Yeah, maybe I should aim at a just, different place. Just for bells. Just I mean, heck, there's like, bells. if you go on YouTube, there are people that review stuff for, a you know, a living. Mm -hmm. That is what they do. They compare OLED to QLED televisions. How do I know this? Oh, I watched it last week. You are one? Oh, okay. No, I wish. No, see? <laughs> yeah. American you dream. <laughs> American Olet. dream Olet's being a hedonist. Mm -hmm. Right? That's true. That's certainly true. You know, I was speaking with a man who lost about $70,000 in his 401k because of this downturn in the stocks, <laughs> though. And he was... <laughs> but he... <laughs> Don't remind me. I'm not sure. Oh, was that you? <laughs> no. no. No, go on. I didn't know you had that much money. <laughs> I guess. Yeah. Rolling. No, I didn't lose that much. It but, was... 
it's not been good though. But yeah, no, it hasn't been good. But uh, you know, he was taking a great approach. He was like, you know what? It's just money. My life's in God's hands. And he was getting towards retirement age. And, right. And I'm like, wow, that's that's great to have that detachment. I think uh, life of faith, right? Yeah, you can. Because there are going to be ups and downs and challenges, and um, I think a lot of people do freak out when um, things maybe start to go wrong or crazy. And this is why you see the dives in the stock market, right? But it's Warren Buffett, right, who said, "I haven't lost anything, right?" Because I haven't actually, yeah, he hasn't. Is it realized the gain? Yeah, yeah. If you don't, if you don't sell, you don't lose anything. Come right right back. So, but a lot of people freak out. Mm. And they do sell. And right. it just shows how attached to their money people are. And a lot of these people are really freaking wealthy, you well, know? Right. There was that saying of, that during the Great Depression, atheists jumped out windows while Christians went back to work. You know, because for an atheist, that's it. That's the end of the story. Oh, right. yeah. Everything was wrapped up in your wealth. And when you lose it, you lose who you are. And right. Christians are like, no. Nope. There's no hope. All right. This is why we're called to be poor in spirit. Yes. Right? Because it's not... Poor in spirit doesn't mean you can't have you know, any material possessions or any, any kind of wealth. It just means you can't be attached to it. Yeah. You have to be, you have to be as willing to give it away as you are to receive it. Yes. And, and that's, that that's porn too. We all forget that everything we have comes from God. Yeah. We, mm-hmm. we, we know that I think most of us as Christians, but, uh, we can't really understand that. Um, but God's hand is in everything. You know, so he's always got us. And so we should be grateful all the mm-hmm. time, but I think we're not. I think most of us think it's us that do it. Oh, I'm so great. Right. And this is why I got ahead and I make so much money. Um, but it's not really us. It's God. And um, having that detachment, mm-hmm. I think, is key because stressing and worrying doesn't get you anywhere. Right, right. And, you know, there's so many ways to oh, to be able to stretch a dollar you know, like I'm back in the Great Depression when people sewed their own clothes. They, you know, they, right. I'm, I'm big. This is one of my weird hobbies. That I don't think I've ever shared on this, uh, this podcast, this show, but I love foraging for edible wild foods. Oh, you have mentioned mm. that. Did I, did I mention that? Yeah. Well, I, you've mentioned it to me. Did you I? have mentioned it. Yes. Yes. Well, yeah, I didn't know. So. And now you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So like, I mean, last year I was like, I have like quarts of berries in my freezer and uh, I picked mushrooms, only the and wildlife kind. came back because of COVID. It did come back because of COVID. Shared. Yeah, it did. It did. Yeah. But, but like that's that's a skill that if you learn it, then now all of a sudden I can make a, an entire meal, an entire salad without paying a dollar. Right. You know, and and just like di- different things like learn how to fix your own, change your own oil. Right. And, right. I mean, it could be as simple as garden gardening. Sure. Yeah. You I don't mean, that's forage. like a, you, can you don't have to forage. Something a little safer. You know, no, but you know what I mean. Like you, you don't have to. <laughs> You're not going to die. You don't have to go to the wild. You could just go to like Design by Lee and buy some seeds. Sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, well, I think, I think you can do it at Costco too, I believe. <laughs> they don't sell, I don't know if they sell seeds right. at Costco. They sell right. tomato plants at Costco. Dude, they what? sell cars at Costco. Of course they sell They sell cars tomato. at Costco? They do. I, Costco. We are off topic. Costco. We're off topic. Well, I, no, I think it's telling in that, you know, the world has changed in that you used to like be able to go to repair shops. Yeah. You know, and um, the products you bought lasted longer mm-hmm. and, you know, you'd fix things if they broke. And now it's like, oh, it broke, get rid of it. I can order a new one on Amazon. It'll be here in two days. We're such a like, get it right now on demand, toss it when we're done with it. And what happens when there's supply chain issues and we can't get our products? What are we going to do? So we don't know how to fix things ourselves anymore either. Right. So, so interesting story is that, uh, so my dishwasher is broken right now, which is really a travesty. Oh man. I had a you dinner have to do party. it by hand? How long do you have to wait to get the new one? 
No, no. So I didn't buy a new one. I, I actually have a repairman coming tomorrow, as it turns out. Um, and uh, but what's interesting is, is that I was reading as like, okay, maybe I could figure this out myself, and I can't because it's a very complicated, like expensive dishwasher that I bought the house with. So whatever. Um, and what, as it turns out, is that replacement parts are in shorter supply than new dishwashers. So is it, there is a chance that I will not be able to fix my dishwasher because there's not a replacement part. So I'll have to buy a new one, which is like an absurd concept to me. Or just wait, not cheap. what, a year or something? I could. It's not impossible. Do dishes for a year? By what? Hand? It's like he could offer it up. What? I could. As like a penance or something. Yeah, it's only your, if my, your Lenten only sacrifice. Only if my two roommates slash tenants um, comply. <laughs> and there's the critical piece. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. yeah. My my mom grew up without a dishwasher, and she always asked, begged her dad to to buy them one. Mm-hmm. She said, "He said I have five dishwashers." Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Never got her dishwasher. None of them are named me. <laughs> no, nope, that's right. That's right. Yeah, so I mean, COVID certainly had a lot of um, a lot of impact in terms of the economy. Another thing that's had an impact on is uh, in people's view of freedom. You know, I mean, recently we had that freedom convoy that was going on in in Canada. <laughs> What are your t- what's your take on that? Like that's I honestly don't know what you're talking about. Laura, that's, that's, great. Oh, no, that, that's good. That's is that good. is that like have, am I just Why like is, is my good? head in the sand? Yes. No, it's good that he doesn't know. Why is that good? Because he's focusing on more important things. I don't know. That seemed pretty important. Like it's Canadians important. are pretty docile people. No, no offense I'm saying, to our Ottawa friends. Well, uh, no, right. I'm just we have saying, listeners in we Ottawa. We do have listeners in Ottawa. Shout out to y'all. Yo. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm saying but if, if you're, well, we know Matt's like studying theology and stuff and yeah. teaching at schools, which is more important than knowing what's going on. No offense to Ottawans, what's going on with truckers in Canada, in my opinion. But, you know, I, I forget who it was. Uh, maybe Monsignor John Tracy Ellis, a very famous Catholic, American Catholic priest who evangelized, said that the modern apostle has to evangelize with one hand on the Bible and one hand on the newspaper. Mm. All right, I'm sorry. <laughs> in any case. So, Lauren, fill them in on what, well, what is the freedom convoy. They're fighting for human rights, right? In that okay. vaccines should not be mandated. The majority of the people in the convoy were vaccinated, but they are against mandating the vaccines. Okay. So, this is basic human rights we're talking about that mm-hmm. we all deserve. As and our, by the way, our church clearly teaches that. In 20, December 2020, the Vatican. I forget it was Pontifical Academy for Life put out a document that says, you know, while while the COVID vaccines are morally permissible, mm-hmm. they must, as a rule, be voluntary and not mandatory. Right. We go on. Uh, right. So um, thousands of people gathered in Ottawa and there were blockades with their trucks. Mm-hmm. So truckers drive alone, right, in their mm-hmm. cabins, but they're required to be vaccinated. Mm-hmm. So... That didn't make any sense. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's illogical, but it's also just about everyone's freedom and standing up for that. And, uh, you know, I heard some news bites from it where, you know, it's very peaceful and there were bouncy castles for kids. And two of our friends from Stanford, Nick and Henry, even stopped in last weekend. And they've awesome. got some video of it. And they said there was a stage and people are doing karaoke. Like the environment, I think, was very Dude. friendly and supportive. But I want to go. The, I, when I heard they were going, I was like, that Free is awesome. Free cotton candy. Yeah. I That's mean, what I want. but just, you know. I love cotton candy. <laughs> We're also going to get but the, candy. the response, I don't know if any of you heard the response, right, from the Canadian government was that they were terrorists, I believe. Yeah. Was the, was, I mean, even I Trudeau know. was kind of in, uh, insulted or not insulted, whatever, condemned for his words against the truckers and, and such. And he wouldn't meet with them, you know, and he had this line, he's willing to meet with peaceful organizations like Black Lives Matter, which is 
Um, has done some violence. Uh, so. Right. Yeah. Uh, not violence. what this protest was. And then, of course, there were claims and, you know, I guess at least one claim of like a Confederate flag being, you know, uh, paraded around in the street somewhere. But the guy that I heard um, who I talked about it said that person was completely covered up like you so that you couldn't identify them. Oh, really? And uh, everyone that is there who was there were freely showing who they were. They were not hiding who they were. So well, right. highly suspicious. I mean, it's amazing how even at the, the March for Life, how the media portrays us as anti-abortion foes or exactly act- right. activists like, right. No, or peaceful exactly. protesters. They have you know? their narrative that they want right. to keep uh, perpetuating. And I believe the convoy is on its way to DC. Or, to DC. Is it? I wasn't. Or I wasn't sure if it was. They've already around, come actually. at this okay. point. Yeah. Well, it was interesting. They blocked. Let's talk about supply chain issues. They blocked the bridge heading into Detroit, which is like one of the biggest, most traveled bridges for yeah. bridges. But and so it actually started to create a squeeze on both economies if you can't get stuff over that bridge. So yeah, yeah. But yeah, but I mean, it's just an observing world events. Have you seen kind of what you would consider perhaps a rise of authoritarianism, totalitarianism, even just like. A, a soft sense, you know. But especially in Canada, and even with uh, religious freedoms. Mm. Yeah. Well, it's secularization, right? Because if you if you if you're afraid, who are you going to turn to? So if you have don't have God in your life, who do you turn to? You turn to government. Protect me. Yeah. Tell tell other people on. that they have to do things that are against their will, so that I'm protected. Yeah. And you just take that in all different, and you just it's just, I don't like slippery slope argument, but it's it kind of builds on that. And all of a sudden, you have the government coming in and trying to protect everybody from everyone, and then everyone ends up miserable. I think that's exactly what we are seeing in the United States, because we know the left is taking God out of everything as much as they can, right? And then COVID happened, and all these mandates came in in all these democratic cities, all about control, and you've got to do this, and you've got to do that. And people were scared. People were depressed. People did feel vulnerable. And then the government was handing out all this money. Right. Rely on us. And this is why people weren't working. They were paid to not work for over a year. Why would you work? Right. It's illogical. But oh, no, that that didn't do anything. Right. And now we do have inflation and we still have a labor force issue. Um, I I can just I just feel like we can see it unfolding. They are turning people um, into like weak versions of themselves who don't have God and are only going to rely on the government more and more. And um, it's frightening to think about what this could all turn into. You know, Aquinas has such an interesting um, view on the, the role of authority, you know, because the role of authority, he says, is to, to elucidate the eternal law of God. So basically mm-hmm. to, to, um, to put laws for the, for the ordering of the common good for society. And, yeah. that's, and that's actually kind of a broad and vague definition. But definitely Catholic social teaching. Well, with Catholic social teaching, I think the important one is the principle of subsidiarity, that the, the people that are closest to the action should be making the decisions. So for mandates or whatever, it should be, uh, you know, parents who mandate for their children, not the government that mandates for their children. It should be towns that make a mask mandate, not for not the state. Not the you, know, state. you know, don't go bigger than you have to, basically, for, for your specific issue that you're dealing with. But where when an authority over steps its bounds and particularly impringes on human rights because the one thing the church teaches clearly is that the rights of the individual do in some sense are do somewhat supersede the rights of the masses as it were the the collective you know because each individual is created in the image and likeness of god and is irrepeatable and has infinite value in god's eyes 
Now that does not mean that my freedom to do my freedom means I can do whatever I want, right? I have to obey traffic laws for good ordering of society. I have to do certain things because there's a responsibility that comes with the rights. And so that's a, that's the tough balance is to say, well, where does your right end and my responsibility begin? That's it, sometimes it's vague, and that's where I, that's where I think we got a lot of the division. People saying, well, wearing a mask is infringing on my freedom. Well, okay. I mean, yes, but is it is it worth to infringe on someone's freedom if another person is protected, whether that's, you know, true protection or whether it's just psychological? I don't know. I'm not a scientist, but I'm uh <clears throat> I'm I'm listening to this whole conversation and I'm just sitting here and I'm thinking to myself, like, this is exhausting. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, like just the whole, you know, political atmosphere and the idea that people don't want to get a shot, but the government wants to force them to do it. You know what I mean? Or, or like, you know, truckers you know, like blocking a road and blocking a bridge in Detroit, whatever it is. You know what I mean? It's just like, it is exhausting. And I look at this and I'm like, I, I see it as, I see it as like it's a gateway to sin, man. You know what I mean? Like, like this is what happens when you are exhausted. You're weak. You know what I mean? Mm. Like it's spirit. It weakens you. And I'm seeing how the physical exhaustion of this atmosphere leads to a spiritual weakness. You know, it like it's it's one of the reasons why our society. It has to be. It has to be one of the reasons why our society has. You know. Well, yeah. <laughs> high depression no, I, rates, high suicide rates, yeah. et cetera, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like and they've only gone up in the last year during COVID. Right. And and I know I don't know. I ho- I know that the the idea it's like it's like up in my head and I didn't, you know, speak it well. No, but, but I think I know exactly what you're trying to say because uh, and we were talking about how the war in Ukraine is really helping people to become united, really for the first time since September eleventh. And because human beings we need we need to have a battle to fight. We do. We need to have uh, a reason to, to get up in the morning and fight something and to, to overcome something. And if it's, if it's not going to be the supernatural battle to conquer oneself and one's sinful nature by the grace of God, then we have to fight each other. Because that really should be the battle that we're fighting, right? It's something truly epic, the fact that we live in this, this epic war between good and evil, between God and Satan, the battleground is our soul, as St. Maximilian Colby said. That should be the battle that we're fighting, Instead, when we lose sight of that and we say, well, the battle, I don't know, it's going to be on Twitter. Yeah. You know, it suddenly just brings the battle way down into like just the realms of just like muck. And what does Twitter do? That's my point. Like, what does Twitter do? Divides people. Well, but it exhausts you. Yeah, it does. You know what I mean? Like you sit and you stare at a a false reality. Sure. For hours upon end. You know what I mean? And now you have wasted that time. But you've lost that battle, essentially. You're losing the battle in your soul to fight a war. Not saying that there isn't a real war in Ukraine. Obviously, you know what I mean? That's not what I'm saying. But like, where? Do, what should I do in that battle? We said it. We talked about it last week for the episode, right? What should I do for this battle in the Ukraine? I should, I should pray. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the real battle. Yeah. And um, in the battle for your soul, practice yeah. virtue. Make sacrifices. You know, that's what we should be fighting. And when we're fighting that, we don't have time to worry about the stupid things right so something you said was uh, i think something paul said about unreality is one more uh thing that is going on in the current world that i want to get your take on and that is uh, the metaverse have you oh, heard or been yeah. seeing the metaverse i heard of it yes it's uh what is, can we can we further define it 
I, I know it's like Facebook's thing, whatever it is, you know what I mean? <laughs> but like, what is what is the metaverse? What does that it's an, mean? It's an alternate reality that you can participate in virtually. It's, it is kind of a vague term. Is it term. Sims? Is it Sims? It's like Sims, but you're an actual person in it to some extent. And you can, I mean, you get like VR goggles. Oh, you know, oh, oh, so you're oh, actually oh, like oh, physically oh. in it. Oh, it's Ready Player One. <laughs> Yeah, uh, yeah, kind of. Right. Like no, a, never mind. But even <laughs> even beyond that, actually, I mean, it's connected to the idea of called the Internet of Things. I don't know if you've heard of that. No. The Internet of Things is the idea that everything in your life is going to be connected to the Internet. So your fridge, you can be shopping and be like, hey, fridge, do I need more eggs? And your right. fridge would be like, yes, you do. Or whatever. <laughs> that was a good fridge impersonation. Thank you. I've been working on my Siri for years. But... <laughs> Oh. So I mean, like, is is, is this, this whole idea of like really augmented reality, of, like of you know getting glasses that will show you weather and maps right. just in your glasses at all times? You know, is, right. is this good, bad, indifferent? I think it's terrible. I think it's yeah. terrible. Yeah, it's terrible. I think I think the more we take people out of reality, the more they the farther and the farther they fall. I because think, you live in a world, you live in a physical world with real people and real interactions, and you can't escape that. Sorry. Right. And one day you will die. You know what I mean? Mm. Like one day you're going to die and it doesn't, whether or not you lived it in the metaverse or in reality, you're going to die and you're going to face judgment. So can you sin in the metaverse? Yeah. If your avatar murders somebody, are you guilty of murder? I guess that's not what I was thinking. I, don't, I, don't think I was thinking like, that I was thinking like if you're, cause that, cause then that, you can make the argument like, okay, if I play call of duty, am I sinning? You know what I mean? Yeah. Sure. And I don't, I don't think that's necessarily people true. In the game, I yeah. Imagine. And I, oh, that's true. So I heard they, they took the legs away from the people. So now they just float. <laughs> and I think it was to avoid like sexual harassment happening oh, in the metaverse. Oh gosh. Okay. See, I, I have no, I don't have never had Facebook and I, this is. You've never had a Facebook? No. Wow, that's very impressive. Yep. That's so, that and I don't plan on starting now. That's for sure. Definitely don't. It would be yeah. funny if you said, "You know what? Now's the time." <laughs> now, now I want to start. <laughs> now, yeah. now I'll get a first <laughs> that desire. In your yeah. Mind. Now I want, I want the better verse. Well, back that. to your, you know, the truth which you spoke in that we are all fighting, right? You know, really every day. Um, to grow in holiness, right? That battle of good and evil is real. The devil is real. He wants us. He hates us. He wants us in hell with him. He's always tempting us. But I think the majority of people are just totally unaware of that, right? I mean, right. and that's the devil's first trick is that, you know, he makes us think he doesn't exist. And whatever we're being drawn to or tempted to, it's not him, it's something else, or it's us. It's our own weakness. Like, turning us against ourselves. So that's already forgotten, which is, I think, scary enough as it is. And this is why, as Matt was talking, there are high rates of depression and alcohol use and suicide and drugs, and it's just getting worse and worse and worse. And now we're going to go to this metaverse? <laughs> Taking all our problems with us. And it's just yeah. one s step away, you know, as Paul was saying, from reality, which is you are a human created by God to know, love, and serve him for all eternity. And it's just, it's just forgotten. It's not lived. And um, it's sad. It's scary. We got to bring God back, I think, to people. Yeah. I mean, I can't think of a greater adventure, a more life-giving adventure than, than life. Right. Yeah. Life I is mean, so beautiful, too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I love what Chris Stefanik says. He says... He says, think about this. You, 
you don't have to live. You get to live. What a privilege mm. you know, to be here on this earth and breathe air and mm. experience love and, and challenges and food and all the good stuff that the world has to offer. <laughs> love and food. <laughs> <laughs> if I just have those two things, I'd be happy with the rest of my life. Mm. Love and food. Mm-hmm. Well, thanks so much for tuning in to this episode of Restless. Go and enjoy your life. Pray, hope, don't worry. Trust in the Lord. Keep your eyes fixed on him. Be detached from this world. That's a lot of different things you need to do. But with God's grace, we can all do that. You can find us on Veritas Catholic Network. You can also find us wherever you get your podcasts. So tune in next time as we restless young adults go seek the face of Christ in the midst of this crazy, mixed-up world. Tune in next time.